You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. The Jesus of John calls us to not let go of life, but to take hold of it and to stand up for that which is life-giving and to stand alongside the oppressed in our fight against injustice and death in all of its expressions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 372. Our title this week is Spirit of Advocacy, and our readings this week are from John 15 and 16. We'll start with 15, John 15, 26 through 27. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify on my my behalf, and you also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. John 16, 4 through 15, but I have said these things to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you about them. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. As we mentioned last week, these two passages belong to a section of John's gospel referred to as the farewell discourses. John 16 includes themes that are repeated throughout the, the farewell addresses, the departure and, and Jesus being on the way to the Father. We find that in John 13, 33, uh, 36 through 37, John 14, 2 through 4, and verse 28. Jesus, in these passages, also promises to send the Spirit as an advocate. We find that in John 14, 16, verse 26, John 15, verse 26, and the work of the advocate to guide them in the true, into truth. We find that also in John 14, 6 and John 14, 16 through 17. So, it's worth noting how clear and direct Jesus' speech is in these passages compared to his parables and his sayings in the Synoptic Gospels. In those versions of the Jesus story, Jesus speaks much more cryptically in, in parables and metaphors. But in John's version of the Jesus story, um, he doesn't. John doesn't include the author of John doesn't include that kind of speech. So in this week's in, this, in our passage this week, Jesus uses the term 
advocate repeatedly for the promise of the Spirit. And that's what I want to unpack in our podcast here. Uh, This concept, I think it would have held a certain meaning for the original audience, the community of early Jesus followers uh, that were were, uh, part of the Johannine community. By the time John's gospel was written, there was a rift between Christians and the Jewish people that had become wide. And so, John not only includes this conflict between the two now separate communities, but also we have to be careful. There's an alarming amount of anti-Jewish descriptions and anti-Semitic characterizations of those referred to as the Jews in these passages too. And given how Christians have treated our Jewish siblings throughout Christianity's history, uh, I think we have to be extremely careful with the Gospel of John and not perpetuate those stereotypes or, or those actions that have harmed and even proven lethal to Jewish people. So, this this cause I think it applies to our term advocate, too, and I'll tell you why. Consider the following passages in John's version of the Jesus story, where being removed from the synagogue was a penalty for Jewish people who chose to follow Jesus. This is John 9, 22. It says, His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the anointed would be put out of the synagogue. And in John 12, 42, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. So, so Jesus's, uh, or John's Jesus, rather, repeated Repeats the warning in John 12, uh, John 12, 2, they will put you out of the synagogues. And for that first audience, the term advocate, it would have called to mind actual legal proceedings that Jewish leaders initiated against Jesus followers. And the theme of being brought to trial, it appears in the early synoptic gospels as well, but this idea of advocacy, it it would have communicated the spirit of defense, like legal defense uh, within legal proceedings. But again, the synoptic gospels, they, they touch on this in Mark 13, 11, when they bring you to trial and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but whatever is given to you at that time, for it is not you who speak but the Holy Spirit. Matthew 10, 19-20, when they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak and what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time. It is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And Luke 21, 14-15, so make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict, and then in Luke 12, 11 through uh, 12, it says, when they bring you before the synagogues, the rulers, and the authorities, do not worry about how you are to defend yourselves or what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what you ought to say. So again, there's this spirit of advocacy that all of this, it would have, uh, it would have brought to mind the idea of legal defense. Can we reclaim this idea of advocacy in life-giving ways within our social context today. Well, advocacy means to publicly support a particular community, a cause, or a policy. And in the Hebrew scriptures, advocacy, it meant perceiving God's role in our world, God as advocate of the oppressed, as well as 
the role that God's people were to fulfill. In Psalms 146.7, it says, God judges in favor of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. And Isaiah 1.17, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. In Psalms 41 verse 1, happy are those who are concerned for the poor. The Lord will help them when they are in trouble. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9, open your mouth for the voiceless, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. In Isaiah 10, 1 through 2, how terrible it will be for those who make unfair laws, those who write laws that make life hard for people. They are not fair to the poor, and they rob my people of their rights. They also allow people to steal from widows and to take from orphans what really belongs to them. Isaiah 58, 6, is not this the fast that I chose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. In Isaiah 42, 3-4, a bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth. So too often we as Christians, we've become fixated on helping people reach a post-mortem heaven or escape some mythical hell. Our focus is always on tomorrow and never on today. But if we would be humble enough to learn from our Jewish siblings, remembering that Jesus himself was a Jew long before the Christian religion ever even existed, we would learn, I believe, how to effectively engage systemic injustice in our world. The Jesus story calls Jesus' followers to advocacy in the here and now. So, I, I deeply appreciate the words of the late Reverend Dr. James H. Cohn uh, on this point. This is from his book, The God of the Oppressed, page 135. The Christian Christian community, therefore, is that community that freely becomes oppressed because they know that Jesus himself has defined humanity's liberation in the context of what happens to the little ones. Christians join the cause of the oppressed in the fight for justice, not because some philosophical principle of the good or because of the religious feeling of sympathy for people in prison. Sympathy does not change the structures of injustice. The authentic identity of Christians with the poor is found in the claim that the Jesus encounter lays upon their own lifestyle a claim that connects the word Christian with the liberation of the poor. Christians fight not for humanity in general, but for themselves and out of their love for concrete human beings. So this weekend, again, we celebrate Pentecost in the Christian calendar, which memorializes the pouring out of the Spirit on the early church. So, so what did it look like when this advocate spirit was poured out? Let's start on Jesus. What did it look like on Jesus? How did that spirit characterize his life work? In Luke 4, 18 through 19, which is based on Isaiah 61, we find these words, the spirit, remember here's that advocate, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, to the recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And remember, in, in Hebrew culture, that was the cancellation of all, all debt. The Jesus story, it calls us to have this same spirit mark on our lives today, too. So, I'll close this week with 
the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that that I think still give us much to consider. This is from a, a sermon of his at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in November 1967, November, November 5th, there in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and Dr. King, he stated, You may be 38 years old, as I happen to be, and one day some great opportunity stands before you and calls upon you to stand for some great principle, some great issue, some great cause. That's that advocacy, by the way. And he goes on, and you refuse to do it because you're afraid. You refuse to do it because you want to live longer. You're afraid that you will lose your job or that you are afraid that you will be criticized or that you will lose your popularity or you're afraid that someone will stab or shoot or bomb your house. So you refuse to take a stand. Well, you may go on and live until you are 90, but you are just as dead at 38 as you would be at 90. And the cessation of breathing in your life is but the belated announcement of an earlier death of the Spirit. When you died, when you refused to stand up for right. You died when you refused to stand up for truth. You died when you refused to stand up for justice. And this is especially, I think, applicable given the recent events in Palestine over the last two weeks. The Jesus of John calls us to not let go of life, but to take hold of it and to stand up for that which is life-giving and to stand Stand alongside the oppressed in our fight against injustice and death in all of its expressions. So may that same advocate spirit that took the side of the oppressed and the marginalized and those that are pushed to the edges of society and the Jesus story, may that same advocate spirit be found again, poured out on us as Jesus followers again today. This Pentecost, may it not only be our prayer, but may this be our choice as well. Heart group application this week. Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's Eastside or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what does advocacy look like for you and how does it inform your own Jesus following? And discuss that with the group. Then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.